The way people date in our culture, it reminds me of just throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. It's driven by attraction, it goes very fast towards sex, and then especially if you have attachment wounds because of neglect in your childhood, you're left totally dependent on the other person to come through with the steadfast love and commitment you were hoping would find you. But it's actually very rare that real love finds you this way. What trauma may have taken from you is the clarity and the discernment to know what kind of relationship you want, and then to use dating, not spaghetti, to help you find it, dating. Hey, it's Anna here, just taking a little pause to talk about getting help when you're having a rough time. There are a lot of things you can try, and one of them is online therapy through BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible, and those are very good things. Because finding a therapist can be really hard. BetterHelp makes it easy to sign up and get matched with a therapist who meets your criteria. And when you click the special link that I'm going to give you, it not only helps this podcast, but it gets you 10% off your first month of therapy. So you can connect with a therapist, see what happens, and if anything feels like it's not a fit, which is common in therapy, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. No stress about insurance or who's in your network or anything like that. So if you're struggling and you need to talk to a human, try BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash C-C-F. C-C-F stands for crappy childhood fairy. That's BetterHelp dot com slash C-C-F. There's also a link in the episode description if you need it. That might be easier. Thanks for sponsoring us, BetterHelp. Now, back to the show. My letter today is from a woman I'll call Janie, and she writes, Dear Anna, I can't really say I was brought up in an abusive household. All right, I've got my fairy pencil. I'm going to circle things I want to come back to in a second reading, but let's see what Janie's got going on in this letter. Um, I think my parents are aren't emotionally available, and I often felt not heard, not understood, and sometimes not loved the way that I am. This definitely carried over into peer groups where I always felt excluded, even to the point of bullying in the fifth grade. I've been diagnosed with ADHD and autism fairly recently, and that helps in maybe understanding some of the differences and the attachment trauma I have and that I continue to have with my peers, but I still feel trauma is a big part and I'm often so confused as to whether it is just all in my head and I'm too sensitive or easily triggered and that's what drives people more away than closer. Kind of like being clingy and asking for too much. Oh yeah, Janie, that is a dilemma so many people with childhood trauma have is when we're unhappy in, uh, in our relations with other people, we literally cannot tell if it's because we're expecting too much or we're putting up too, with too much. All right. So you say, I have reached out to friends in the past and asked for some advice or input as to whether there is something wrong about me that always has this happen. And so far, nobody has said there was. I keep hearing things like, there's nothing wrong with you and you're not doing anything wrong. But why then is it that I always feel so discarded and left out and not cared for? Is it really just my own problem and I'm just too sensitive about these things and then build resentment? And that's what they pick up on? That's a good point. It could be that. 
Am I really the one that is emotionally unavailable and I can't let people in? Sometimes it feels like that and I used to get the feedback that I can come off as intimidating or standoffish until people actually speak to me and notice that I'm nice. Uh, I sometimes still get feedback that there's an aura of don't F with me and or an aggressive guardedness around me. I especially hear that from men as I have had so many bad experiences. I just refuse to be treated in a way that I find disrespectful and I'm not afraid to say that out loud. Okay. That's a lot and I get it. Currently, I'm going through some heartbreak that really makes me doubt whether I'll ever I'll ever be capable of finding real love and connection whether with friends or with love it always starts out with people being interested and then it recedes quickly once I get I'm getting attached it's always uh you're nice but you're nice but I don't see you as a relationship as relationship material and um from friends, they say, you're nice and I like you, and an implicit but, because they still are rarely the ones reaching out to me. This is a quality problem. I know a lot of people on this channel have experienced exactly this. With this current guy, it was the same. We met through a mutual friend at a party, got along well, and found we had a lot of things in common. And he tried to dance close to me, which I evaded, and then later he asked for my number. He asked if we should go to the gym together two days later. So we met up, talked while we trained, and then he walked me to my workplace and we got coffee on the way and asked if I'd like to meet up again. A few days later, we went to the gym together in the, e in the evening and he asked whether I'd like to come to his place to cook something together. It was a lovely evening and we spent chatting and getting to know each other, and I stayed at his place because it got late. Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Getting to know each other. Stayed at his place because it got late. All right, you know I'm going to come back to that. You know that, right? <laughs> it was clear he wanted to have sex, but I really tried to stand my ground and not do that because I didn't want to be used again. And he said he's also just very happy that I'm here. Of course, a few days later, we eventually did end up sleeping together. But I did tell him beforehand that I'm not looking to be someone's hookup and that I'm looking for something serious and want to actually get to know one another. Stupid, I know, and I'm angry at myself that I gave in to that even though it felt good in the moment. This went on for another two weeks. And we even went on a date to the cinema, which was really nice. So wait, one date to the cinema, but two weeks of sleeping over? Hmm. He asked me a lot about my future plans. I'm currently finishing my degree and wasn't sure if I was moving to another city for a job afterward, how my last relationship ended, so etc. So all questions that I would only ask if I'm feeling out a person. And then Christmas came around and I didn't hear as much from him as I would have liked to. I noticed I had already grown attached. Maybe not in love, but definitely had my hopes up because he was checking a lot of boxes and he seemed emotionally aware and mature and caring and essentially like all the things I would want in a partner. All right, not all, not all. I'm gonna come back to that, okay? You started to see some things that you would want in a partner, <laughs> but not some crucial ones, not yet. Nobody could in a short amount of time. I got really anxious because I thought he was pulling away while I was crushing hard and wanting to hear from him. He didn't seem to want that, and while he wasn't texting nothing, it also didn't seem like he was falling in love or at least developing a crush. My friends told me that I should watch out 
to not just hook up with him after the gym and go on actual dates to not let things slip into a friends with benefits situation. I suggested doing that once we were back from visiting our families and he said he'd really love that and suggested going ice skating. Okay, good date, right? The new year came around. He still didn't make as much of an effort to see me as before Christmas and called off our date because he wasn't feeling well, but suggested we go on a walk a day later. I already felt there was something up. Mm -hmm. Good, you have intuition. <laughs> he then broke the news to me that while he liked getting to know me and enjoy spending time with me, he wasn't feeling like this was going to develop into something serious, and he doesn't want to string me along. But he would really like to be friends with me, as he likes me a lot and loves our post-gym cooking sessions. <laughs> Oh, you young people, <laughs> being friends. I was devastated. Here I was catching feelings for someone I thought is truly a great guy, and he doesn't like me enough. Okay, but you know what? That doesn't mean he's not a great guy. He's dating. He's going on some dates to see if he feels like you're the one. And he didn't, he didn't have that feeling. He gave it a shot. That's what dating is. All right, I'm going to talk to you about that. I'm going to talk to you about how you can adopt that attitude too. Not being callous towards people. It's not a bad person not to come through with a serious commitment to somebody you've been dating for a couple weeks. Totally normal. We had a long conversation and he couldn't tell me what it was that made him not feel enough for a relationship. He said it's nothing about me since he likes me, but he doesn't see himself with me in 10 years and it's kind of like the same feeling he had with his ex. He told me they broke up after two and a half years and are still friendly but figured they'd just vibe better as friends. I'll get back to that friend thing. I really didn't like that comparison and told him as much. Okay, I'm calling you out right here. You asked him to do something that's very awkward and hard for somebody. He was briefly dating you. I'm going to go right into talking to you about this. He was briefly dating you. He took some time. He did give it a chance to see how it went. And he just wasn't feeling it. And this thing where you wanted to know, but why? Why did you not feel it for me? There's not really a reason like that we're not in love with everybody. Sometimes we get attracted and then gradually we can just feel like the it's not this one. And the right thing to do, I, I just like how he broke up with you, that he, you know, that he told you very, he made a time to tell you and he didn't see it, you know, I don't see this becoming something serious. And then bringing up his ex, I don't know, I'm guessing that got brought up because you kept asking, you wanted reasons, and in your mind it's like, there must be something wrong with me. But you know what's happening is your trauma mind is thinking, I like you, therefore if you don't feel the same way, something is wrong with me. But I want you to be realistic. But all the people who are actually really cool around you, how many of them are you actually attracted to or would want to be in a relationship with? He was attracted to you, but it, it only went so far. And that's how it works. That's how every person is. Every person is like that. And this is why there is so much pop music about getting your heart broken because sometimes it's one way. One of us falls totally in love and the other one doesn't. Or the other one does for a while and then doesn't. And it just, it's, it hurts. But this is why we date in a structured way, especially if you had trauma growing up. It's so important, important to give yourself some guardrails so that you don't become 100% invested, that this is your whole emotional life, you know, this is everything you ever hoped for, so that you have a way to stay grounded in reality that you are getting to know somebody. And what you're getting to know is, are they gonna 
become into you? Are, is that going to happen? Are they going to stay into you? Are they good people? How do they act under stress? So that's what dating is for. So really what happened here is no harm, no foul. Um, one thing, you know, if you end up sleeping with somebody fast and you have an attachment wound or really it, you don't even have to be wounded. It's pretty common and natural to bond around sex. So you don't want to do that too soon because then your mind starts to believe that you're together. You, it can't help it. Your body believes that you're together. Your mind believes you're together. Your heart believes you're together. And yet then you get this like total disappointment that you're actually not together. And it feels like they made a promise, right? That's what it feels like. That's what kind of sex is supposed to feel like, a promise. But that's not what happened. And so we're changing those terms. We're making those terms into something much lighter than that when it happens quickly. So I like that you went on some dates. You did do that. So here is also where I think you lost your boundary. And I said I would come back to lovely evening. The first time you, you know, you went to the gym and then on the second date you went you, you went to his house to cook and chatted and you had such a nice time you stayed at his house because it was late never stay at a guy's house because it's late unless he's your boyfriend you know don't stay at his house don't date like that that's not a date it's not it's not realistic to expect that sex isn't going to happen and um you know what if you are serious about wanting to slow things down you just don't hang out at his house or your house you go and do stuff in public places it's better in early dating you can learn this in my dating course if you take it it's better in early dating to keep things short you start with coffee work your way up to dinner you don't do big all-day things right away the only exception would be is if they live very far away and you've been communicating online and this is this one weekend when you go visit somebody online by the way people you don't stay with them you don't stay with them you want to be able to get to know them without the fog of sex coming in and distorting your perception and activating your horrible trauma wound and all the stuff that happened with exes and all of that you want to just be like your pristine self sitting on your throne <laughs> observing what is happening and deciding if later you might want to go a little closer with this person. That's the secret. Okay, everybody, that is the secret. And I did not have a great lasting relationship until I figured that out. So I'm always telling people there's there's something you can do. So then you got mad at him because he compared you to his ex. But you, I, I, why do I have a feeling that you were insisting that he explain? And I think when somebody is breaking up, the right way to break up with somebody is with as little criticism as possible. You don't tell them why. The answer is at that stage of a relationship, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't really feel it. I wasn't having the kind of feeling that I could see us together. And that's a responsible, caring thing to do to break it off and not just keep using the person for sex or somebody to hang out with. So. Um, it hurts, but that was, I think he handled that well. All right. So it was six weeks. Okay. So it was six weeks. And so you, you were arguing, well, we were only getting to know each other in six weeks. It's not a time where you think 10 years in the future. And I would have liked to continue dating him and see where things were going. And he said, at this moment, I don't think my feelings are going to change. So he's telling you as nicely as he can. He's not feeling it. And I, I, we, we, we always must be as nice as we can and be as gentle and say as little as we can to make it clear. No, it's not going to go forward. I'm not feeling it. So you told him that you would have appreciated if he had been more transparent with you because it was clear. You said it was clear. I didn't want something casual, but you know what? It wasn't clear. You didn't want something casual. You stayed at his house on the second date. So I want you, I want you to 
try using my daily practice tool so that you can comfort yourself as you go ahead and face the reality of the situation that you were a participant in deciding how to do this. I'm not hearing from your story anyway that he dragged you kicking and screaming, you know, toward his his bed. I don't I didn't I don't hear that. It was a mutual decision and that meant that means your part in that decision is your you just get to own it you get to own it you get to change your mind about how you want to do it in the future you can handle this but you don't get to blame him that it happened and and i'll just I'm, on behalf of everybody you date in the future i'm going to be transparent for you they don't know they don't know how they're going to feel about you nobody does and you don't know how you're going to feel about them and that is why you date and you said you found it weird that his apparent feelings subsided so quickly that I would have wished he didn't pursue anything sexual so soon. So he was, okay, so just a thing, you know, some people, certainly men in my experience, you know, they, they are often more comfortable with things being casual. You don't know, you don't really know until you meet the person, but you know, if you were not coerced into this, it's okay, you get to have your boundaries. We can't, it's not fair to be angry at other people for not protecting our boundaries when we didn't. And when you decided, oh, it's late, I'll just stay here. What I'm guessing is, you know, just part of you, you didn't want to leave. You just, you really liked him. You kind of wanted to sleep with him. You kind of wanted to, you know, have a boundary, but you also didn't. And, you know, pe people are complicated. We all are. We're like that. And so then, but sometimes we get hurt. And if you have childhood PTSD, the getting hurt part can just be so harsh that it's worth being much more careful about how you handle this. And you can, you can do this with good tools and with a community of people to help you. I'll talk about that in a minute. So um, you wish he hadn't pursued it if he wasn't sure he wanted to keep seeing you. So, you know, a guy takes a long time. Um, my husband took three years to ask me to marry him. All right. So all that time until that happened. And even after, even when we were engaged, we were engaged for a while, even then, you know, I couldn't really be sure we would get married until we got married. And then what happens to people who are married? You can't really be sure it's going to last, right? So there's no certainty in here. We have to just really like stay with ourselves and be like, how can I use my best judgment and um, only go forward when I have the information I need? Now, the way you grew up, I'm guessing you didn't really get a lot of guidance on how to structure this, but I can help you with that. I can help you with that. That's what my, my programs are about. Um, so I'm just looking at what else you said. He looked, ah, so he looked very defeated when you said this and he had tears in his eyes and said he was very sorry and that he should have maybe thought more about how that made you feel and everything. So, okay. He had empathy for how you felt. You said in the beginning, this whole thing that you have difficulty connecting, you have some autism, you have ADHD, you know, those are factors that make it hard to read people. And that sometimes people perceive you as being too um, brusque or aggressive or defended or something. And so we have to give people the benefit of the doubt that if we're not completely explicit in our words, that if we act tough and be like, that's fine, I don't care, because I do that too. Uh, they don't know. They don't know that we're vulnerable. They don't know that we have expectations. And a lot of times I think we're afraid to express our expectations and our boundaries because that childhood PTSD, the wound there, the abandonment trauma, the fear that the person's going to walk away if we have a boundary, that we don't want to say it. You know, we don't want to wreck everything. And so we're sort of like tiptoeing along, using magical thinking to just hope, okay, I'm just going to dive in and hope it works out. But here we are. Sometimes it doesn't. I know it hurts. I know it does. 
Um, you know, you, you may get hurt many more times in your life. It doesn't mean that you won't eventually be loved. And if you can start to date wisely, it's going to be less of the bad kind of experience and more space in your life for the good kind. You're going to know what you want. You're going to know how to like mention it and put it out there and not cross the line into arrangements and behaviors that cancel out what you want. And I will say, well, I don't know. Some people say, you know, that if you sleep with somebody quickly, they might think that you don't respect yourself. And I think every case is different. Every person is different. But that's something to think about, that if you need boundaries, you kind of want people who like that you have boundaries, right? So to be afraid to express them if for losing somebody, that's kind of how you could end up down this path with somebody who still like a year from now doesn't respect your boundaries, doesn't get it, doesn't understand your vulnerabilities. So if people are going to leave because you say, I need to go slow, let them, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. No, there's no reason to be mad at them. Everybody's just expressing who they are and what they're looking for. And it's okay to separate. It's, you know, so people only come together if it's working for both people. And then some of us get together anyway when it's not working. But we don't want to do that anymore. He said, oh, we can just be friends. So I'm, I'm just going to tell you, like, I grew up and my generation also had this idea. Oh, we can all just be friends and we can hang out. And I was all too good at being cool girl and being like, no, that's cool. Yeah, we're friends and just like dying inside with somebody I was still into, you know, going along with the game and pretending and, oh, it just really took a lot out of me. I don't recommend it to anybody. Be like my grandparents. When it's over, it's over. Stop seeing that person. So you did, you blocked him and he accepted your decision that you didn't want to be friends. So that's okay. So it's been a little while, but you can't stop thinking about it. Uh-huh. And you keep asking yourself if he'll change his mind. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I think that he's been very, very direct with you in the nicest way he can. And the best thing you can do is face and accept this. And it's hard because there's this like high that comes when you think you found somebody who's going to love you. It's like all the loneliness is over and the anxiety and the, um, you know, dread of the future. Like, oh, good. Can we just end this now? Oh, no, we can't. So it's a little bit of a hard pill to swallow. And, um, but remember that when a relationship ends, what we're losing is our hopes of, of what it was going to be. But that was like an idea, not a reality. Dating is how we see who people really are and who, who he really is as a person who is not there. And that's not a good match for you. And it's just, you know, it's just a fact. A person who is good for you is with you, wants to be with you. And you're, you're still sitting there wondering, what did I do wrong? But I don't, I don't hear anything you did wrong. I hear nothing that you did wrong, um, except for maybe got in over your head attachment wise. But I have no evidence here that that bothered him or maybe it, maybe it gave him a clue that he better say something now because things were not as casual as it may have seemed. See, when you act like you're cool with everything, you're sending the signal that you're cool with everything. So they don't really know there's a boundary there. And you see him and you think he'd be a great partner. And yeah, maybe for somebody, but not for you because you need the guy who really loves you. So how can you heal from this and stop gravitating to unavailable people and actually become attracted to and attractive to people that I really want? I think you did great with this guy. He gave it a chance. You gave it a chance. This one didn't work out. It's to be expected in dating that there are going to be several of those. And then sometimes it does work out. So in the meantime, until love comes to town again, 
you keep working on yourself, you keep working on your trauma, build up a life that is fun and connected for you. Like you said in the beginning, you have a hard time connecting with people. So you know what? I, I want to recommend to you and invite you. I think you would really like my connection boot camp. It is talks about how to gradually become somebody who can do connection. If you can be connected with people in general, it puts you on a much better footing to date somebody because then it's not like all or nothing. It's not like if this doesn't work out, I'm going to be alone forever, every day. It's not like that. You have your friends and you can call them right away and text them in the middle of a date and go, I feel like he's pulling away. Whole different thing, right? To have your friends. So if you don't have those yet, well, I welcome you to come into my membership program. We have it. We have a bunch of people who have childhood PTSD who are working on themselves and supporting each other. You get access to all my courses. You can come to all my monthly webinars for free and um, a lot of other things that we do. One of them is a secret Facebook group for the members where there's peer led daily practice calls every day, multiple times a day. It's a pretty cool group. When you have friends who are walking the same path as you, that's like twice as good as just friends, you know, but friends who are walking the same path, other women who you can connect with and talk about dates coming up or having trouble getting over. And you guys can support each other in applying the principles of this healing method I teach. And this can accelerate your progress towards becoming more yourself, more free from the past, more free from the patterns, and more able to try and fail at things you want to try, and then to try again and succeed next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs in the episode description below or on my website, crappychildhoodfairy.com. If you're going through a hard time and you need online therapy, I encourage you to check out BetterHelp. They're easy and affordable and they can connect you with someone you choose within a few days. And if you use this special URL, you not only help this channel, but you get 10% off your first month of therapy. So go to betterhelp.com slash ccf, as in crappy childhood fairy. That's betterhelp.com slash ccf. And remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.